Hello, hello, and welcome to the Black Women Working Podcast. It's Chantal here. Hello, ladies. Hi. The chorus. Um, Rach, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Trying to lift myself like the weather. Yeah. (laughs) I will not be British and make any more references to the weather, but yeah. Nat, how are you? Midea, that's all I've got to say. I'm there. Um, that's it. No more comment. That's I'm fine. T- I'll take it. You know, what's it? My favourite meme for this year, or at least this quarter, is the Mariah Carey. I I'm do the best of what I will find. I think I posted that like 10 times on my Insta stories. I have to stop people getting worried about me, but it's how I feel. It's how I feel. <laughs> Listen, they've got to manage the expectations. Take it or leave it. Anyway, listeners, ladies, and subjects, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, a quick reminder, because I know that we have an influx of new followers this year, which is absolutely amazing. Um, so please do be sure to follow us on our socials, which are mostly Instagram and Twitter at BWW Podcast UK. You can also find us on LinkedIn, searching for Black Women Working. We have a website, the three W's, blackwomenworking.com. And for a more personal touch, some more personal feedback or requests, you can email us directly at blackwomenworkinguk. No. Oh, oh, what is it? There's got to be one in it. Black women working UK at gmail.com. Dot com, yeah. Why right. do, why do we put the UK there, by the way? Whose idea was that? Because it's I think it was yours. It was yours, Natalie. It was yours. Rachel, please. Please. No, please. but necessary because was it? um the narrative and the details and the yeah. the research around work culture is usually US, so we need to be distinct. Though there okay. aren't there's no black women working like we yo. Anyway, today we are coming at you with another Founders Edition episode. Um, and as Nat as Natalie kindly highlighted when we introduced the concept, we need to remind everybody that black women are the fastest group of entrepreneurs. So it is only right that we talk to these women and give them a platform to share their experiences. And for everybody else that's trying to come up or working towards coming up, it's always useful that we can use each other to learn from. Um, Whilst there's a freedom that comes with running your own business, freedom from the issues that we've talked about in terms of microaggressions and other pressures in the workplace, there's also a number of struggles that it can take to get your business not just off the ground, but also to sustain it. And that might be around your funding, your marketing um, and, and growing your tribe. So it is with much privilege that we welcome Dami St. Clair, trichologist and director of St. Clair's Hair. Welcome, Dami. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can I like do like a... Woo! Hell yeah! <laughs> I like to celebrate myself because for That's so many right. years I just I did not. So everywhere I go, I'm celebrating myself. So yes, thank you for having me. Woo woo! Listen, we didn't even warn the listeners to take out their pen and paper. First note already dropped within five minutes. Celebrate <laughs> yourself! <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. 
Demi, obviously I've got, or we've got a lineup of questions um, to, to find out a little bit about your business journey, but please do introduce yourself and the work that you do. So my name is Dami St. Clair. I am the director of St. Clair's Hair, trichologist, as you mentioned already. I am an author. I'm a wife, a mother of two beautiful daughters, um, a mentor. I'm a children's church teacher. To be honest, I have loads of titles. But for me, the most important thing about myself is that I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I know exactly what I have been called to do. And I am doing it. Can we get another woo? <laughs> love that love that all right so I'm going to get right into it um and Natalie passed the baton over to me to hand um to host today's episode because I was like yay St. Clair's here and I say that because um back in so I I've been wearing or I had been whatever been wearing lace front wigs from about 2000 and six seven before people even knew what lace fronts were mm. and um in 2016 I went through like my second round of I'm going to get a good wig a good wig and um maybe not by today's standards but at least back then it was quite pressy <laughs> and um whilst you don't necessarily specialize and you can correct me if I'm wrong in wig making it's more about the hair is that right? Um, so it started off being about the hair. Yes. Um, with the times, you must transition. So I don't yes. specialize in wig making. However, I do provide fabulous wigs, but I do not touch them myself. Right. Amongst much else. And we're going to talk about your product line later. But um, yeah, so I purchased my bundles from St. Clair's hair and it was it was pricey. Shout out to Hannah at Honey Hand for fitting my wig for me. In fact, she made it. But I raised this point because many business owners, um, when starting out, feel inclined to lower their prices. And, um, you know, you've just spoken about celebrating yourself. We're in a time, even though it kind of seems contradictory, but we're in a time of a cost of living crisis where the prices are rising. So, you know, we can't stay out here being low low um and so I'd like you to talk to us about I mean you might not feel like it is so talk to us about high ticket pricing talk to us about you know that term's being used at the moment um and why but what how funders should feel about pricing themselves especially mm -hmm. in saturated market I told you I was getting right in there you know I love it I love it um and I love it because this is something that I struggled with. So in 2021, I did a rebrand and I rebranded my products. I got a business coach, actually. And I highly advise that any entrepreneur, you know, have a business coach just to help you see the things that you're not seeing. And one of the things my coach noticed was that my margins didn't make sense. Right. I was talking about I want to go into Harrods. I want to go into Selfridges. We looked at my margins and. You know, if I were to go to Harrods or Selfridges, they would completely eat that margin and I would essentially make nothing. So the margins were not making sense. And she told me, increase your prices. Um, I had grounds to, I had grounds to because one, my product is amazing. My product is effective. It's high quality. It works. But I felt so scared to do so because it was a price increase that was literally triple 
what I was currently offering. But when we looked at the market, that was the average for people who were selling what I was selling. But I struggled. I struggled. Like we went back and forth and I was just like, oh, maybe I'll double the prices. And she was like, mm. I was like, oh, gosh, maybe I'll double and then a half the prices, you know, like 1.5, 2.5. Yeah, mm, no. So it probably took about two weeks for me to really get comfortable with increasing the price. And the only way that I was able to do that was because one, I had integrity, right? I believed in the product that I was offering. I wasn't offering, um, you know, a scam product. I wasn't offering a product that over-delivered. I was offering a product that I could stand by. So that allowed me to, you know, increase my prices and to increase, um, I guess, to price my products at the value that I believed they provided, as opposed to me pricing my products according to being scared about whether people would actually pay. So um, I think that's the first thing, you know, having a product or a service that I am so sorry. <clears throat> so having a product or a service that you can stand by. Right. So that's number one. Sound advice. Um, just to summarize for the listeners, so it's about the integrity. And I think what I've learned in in sort of business similar to what you're saying there is don't mind other people's pockets. Yeah. Like people will buy a belt from Primark or they'll buy a belt from Gucci, they will make their choice as to where they purchase and what they can afford is not my business. Um, money is money is scarce and money is vast and, and the ones who have it or prioritise it will come your way, right? That's it, exactly. Um, people will buy what they want. People don't mm. even buy what they need. They buy what they want. And um, yeah, I just had to get comfortable with understanding that and understanding that I had something that people wanted and the people who were willing to pay for it, they would. And when they do, they would receive a phenomenal product and phenomenal service. Now, <laughs> I say phenomenal service now, but once upon a time, I'm not going to lie. My service was not phenomenal, <laughs> but that's all part of being a growing entrepreneur. <laughs> but yes. Excellent. Thank you. Um, you've mentioned that you've, you've alluded to the fact that you've rebranded and you've got some additional, we, you've got some additional products now. So as um, including hair, as a trichologist, you have a hair care brand. Um, or hair care products I should say talk to us about that process um so the process of becoming a trichologist or mm -hmm. no about um expanding your brand yeah. you know and I guess like part of that for me would be how or why should clients trust you to offer more than one thing it's like I go to St. Clair's mm. for hair uh why am I buying my grease now from mm -hmm. my my conditioners and stuff from her mm-hmm so um hair is in my blood I say that my mom was a hairdresser her whole entire life she's retired now but she opened her salon in 1998 and she named it after me so St. Claire's hair Claire is my English name so hair is literally something that I have been passionate about since young and when I went into St. Claire's hair or when I started St. Claire's hair as my side hustle it wasn't because I just had a love for weave or for hair bundles it was because I had a love for hair versatility. So 
I love me some extensions. I love me some silky straight hair. I love me some blonde hair, some colored hair, some Afro kinky hair. But then I also love me some braids, some box braids, some cornrows. I also love my natural hair, my high puff, my whatever, right? I love hair point blank and period. And so what I started to find was, you know, I would hear you have to be a walking billboard for your brand. And at the time, my brand only sold hair extensions. So it almost felt like I had to be put in a box. And wherever I went, I had to wear, you know, hair extensions. I had to wear a lace front. I had to advertise what I was selling. And I didn't like being put in that box. Um, so when I had my first daughter um, and I started really like doing her hair, paying attention to her hair, let's say 2019, I realized that the products on the market, they just were not moisturizing her hair in the way that I needed it to, right? Half an hour's gone and it's as if I didn't put no products in my daughter's hair. So because of that, I called up my connect, my aunt, and she formulates products. And I said, I need a product to moisturize natural hair. And I gave her the specs and that's what she created for me. Um, and so that was the birth of expanding into new territory. And what I loved about it is not only was the product just amazing, it moisturized natural hair, but then it had the added benefit of restoring a lot of um, people's hair loss. Like I kept on getting people telling me my edges have come back, nothing's worked before, this has worked. And so the beauty of it was it did what I needed it to do and then some, but then it also allowed me to get out of that box of only wearing wigs or extensions, right? I, I can showcase my natural hair and I'm still a walking billboard because I'm showcasing the products that I now use on my natural hair. So that was where the expansion was birthed. And then me, you know, uh, doing my trichology qualification, I was really tired of YouTube University. I was tired of hearing people say, put onion juice in your hair, put rice water in your hair, put garlic in your hair. Okay, fair no, enough. I'm... Though, the rice bangs. <laughs> Onion and garlic, I don't know, but rice water does bang. Yeah, like, so this... Everyone on YouTube's an expert. It's nonsense. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing. I don't have a problem with you telling me to put that in my hair, but at least tell me the how. Tell me the why. Give me the science. Don't be just be telling me to put this in my hair because this one did it over there and this one did it over there. No, you need to tell me what's the science behind, behind how this works. And so... That's why I decided to do trichology because if I was going to sell a hair product, I wanted to be able to advise people. And I also wanted to be able to say that, you know, I know what I'm talking about, right? And um, yeah, that's how the uh, the expansion started. So I don't know if I'm going on for a bit too long. So yes, at all. at that. <laughs> Lovely. Um, and I think, you know, you've mentioned your mom and your auntie in this journey. So it, it seems like it's so much more than just here. And I, in preparation for you being our guest today, I had a look at your social media, which is very easy on the eye. Very essentially. <laughs> um, but what stands out is the variety of your content. And I think we can see you know, just from your social media page alone, that like St. Clair, Clair's hair is more than hair. Um, and most notably, you know, there are inspirational quotes, there are videos, um, and, you know, a lot of Black women working that we speak to, whether it's as an entrepreneur in their own field, that good old friend imposter syndrome loves to come and sit beside us. But like why in terms of marketing your business why is it important for you as a brand that you show more than just your product 
So we are in 2023 and a brand is very difficult to find a brand that's just a brand without having a face attached to it. Um, and I feel like when you are an entrepreneur and you don't necessarily have millions sitting in an account or even hundreds of thousands sitting in, a, in an account, you have to work with what you've got. And most of the time, what you've got is yourself and your skill set. Um, so me representing myself through my brand is me being resourceful but then it's also me um, making sure that I can stay engaged so I so for instance when I started St. Clair's it just was like a side hustle right it didn't really mean much to me I was just doing this thing and it was working and I was like okay I'm making some money off her hair and then it was a okay you need to stay in the game you need to be on trend you need to keep up with the competition and then one day I found that I couldn't, like, I couldn't produce content. Like, I couldn't beat my face, do my hair, post pictures. I couldn't do it consistently. And I was like, why can't I do this consistently? I, it's required for my business to, you know, to continue to grow or for me to sustain my business. And I couldn't do it consistently because it was just too superficial for me. Like, mm -hmm. just putting on makeup and then doing my hair and taking pictures and, and you know, feeling sexy and looking good. Yes, it's nice but I need more, I need some depth. And I started to find that because I couldn't project that through my content, I was disengaged. I, could, I didn't have stamina, there was no tenacity. And so one day I had to sit down and I had to say, what do I really want my brand to represent? And I was like, let me look at what the competition is doing. Cause you know, yeah, you just kind of look at what other people are doing. And I felt like, wow, you know, I'm not knocking it, but a lot of people are selling hair using sex appeal. I was like, that's not going to work for me because the tiny little bit of cleavage that I show, my mum just disowns me, literally. If I show cleavage, my mum, one time she stopped talking to me for one month because she discovered a Facebook picture where I had cleavage out. Now, auntie, auntie, yes, auntie, 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 don't, no, don't encourage her. Auntie, don't play. Hot pants, auntie doesn't mind. Cleavage is a wrap. <laughs> and once upon a time, like I didn't wear those kind of stuff out of respect for her, but now it's just become a part of me. So I don't even feel comfortable, you know, having my chest out and maybe, you know, my back kind of bent, selling a 30 inch, selling 30 inch hair. And like I said, I'm not knocking it, you know, like it looks good. I'm attracted to those kind of posts when I see them. But in terms of that being me and how I represented my brand, I would have just been doing it to just do what everybody else is doing. And so I had to really think, what do I embody? And for me, I've always, I've always known that the dummy that I was, there was so much more to her. Um, I've always felt like a boss on the inside, but it didn't quite translate on the outside. But I always had that feeling that I was a boss. So I wanted my brand to make other women feel like they were bosses. Um, and as I got more comfortable in owning the boss that's within me, it just kind of naturally would come out through my content, right? And then I developed my slogan, phenomenal hair, phenomenal you. What does that mean? It means come to St. Clair's, your hair will look phenomenal, but not only that, you will be phenomenal because of the brand message, because of what we're putting out there. We care about external transformation and inward transformation. And that stuff came so naturally to me. It, it, it ignited a fire within me. Then I was like, nah, 
I've got to get this content out. And so, you know, producing content stopped being an issue because I loved what I was putting out there. My hair was slayed, but at the same time, I was giving you empowering messages. No, that's my forte. I can do this all day. So that's why, um, yeah, uh, um, having my having me shine through my brand is um, extremely important. And people connect to that. People, people relate to that. People need that. You can't just connect to a jar of spray. Mm. Like, what's that? There's how many sprays are there out there? You need more than just a product. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can really agree with you on those comments that you made. I, I also looked at your social media um, and similar to Shan, I knew about St. Clair's hair for a long time. My cousin is, well, she's, she's got money and she's been a loyal customer for a while. And she tell me, oh, come over and can you style my hair for me? And I'll be like, what hair is this? Like, what actual hair is this? So I'm like, oh my God, yeah, like I have to invest. But I went onto your social media page and I noticed, especially in the videos of yourself, you've got a lot of vulnerability. And I know that for a lot of our listeners, if they're doing their thing through social media or if they're promoting certain things or if they do social media for their workplace, being vulnerable can be really difficult, especially when it comes to products and things like that how have you managed to get that vulnerability out and just post that out to your followers and do you use it to increase your brand and what you're trying to do um so for me I've always been the kind of person that if I discover something that helps me I have to share I have to share I have to teach or whatever and People have always said about me that the way I tell stories or the way I share things, I do it in a very engaging way. So me being vulnerable, it comes from, you know, um, sharing what I've been through and how I've overcome it. So I'm able to be vulnerable because I'm not trying to be vulnerable to do woe is me life, have pity on me. No, I'm being vulnerable because I need to show people what I've been dealing with, because I know I'm not the only one that's been dealing with, with imposter syndrome. I'm not the only one that's been dealing with limited um, limited beliefs. I'm not the only one that's been dealing with the struggle of wifehood, motherhood and entrepreneurship. But if I find something, anything that helps me, I have to by force. I have to share. So that's why I'm able to be vulnerable, because I'm doing it for more than just me. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> do you feel like there is a boundary in terms of like how much vulnerability you share? Because sometimes even in relationships between friends, sometimes you can feel like you've overshared. And that's someone who's like a trusted person who, you know, you can get off that call and be like, oh, did I did I give too much? Like how how do you kind of find that sensible line between being vulnerable to show what life is really like in the same breath, still kind of holding something back for you just to even if it's just to enable you to process things that you're going through because you find sometimes when you begin to be vulnerable and people begin to appreciate it there's there's pressure on you to continue to share how do you the mm -hmm. uh, bits of yourself to keep your sanity so also in terms of staying credible because you don't want to seem so vulnerable that people are like no it's not even that it's more about being in terms of as a person like keeping keep keeping it for your for yourself because I feel like vulnerability doesn't always mean like not being stable but it's like having that boundary between how much you you share just so that you can have peace mm. um so <clears throat> my husband hates social media yeah um and so when it comes to vulnerability 
I feel like I have boundaries in terms of you won't really hear me talk too much about my marriage um, or you won't hear me talk too, too much about my children. And I feel like um, that for me helps me to create a natural boundary so that I don't overshare. Um, and so what I do share is mainly centered around me or myself. And normally what I tend to do is like you said sometimes you need to be able to process the things that you're going through I might not necessarily I might not necessarily share what I'm going through whilst I'm going through it because <laughs> I'm trying to conserve my energy to understand how I'm going to get out of this thing and so what I like to do is when I've overcome it or when I've you know I have a solution or I have something that you know, has helped me get out of this this sticky situation, then I tend to share at that point. Um, and I feel like that really protects me. And as well, I mean, it's easier said than done, but I said it the other day, people have opinions. Their opinions may be valid, but it doesn't necessarily matter to me. Um, in the beginning, I said, I know whose I am. So I know what God says about me what anybody else has to say about me and my vulnerability or what I've been through, it doesn't phase me too much because someone else's opinion is higher than all of that. Yeah, no, I really felt that one. So talking about what people say about others, how do you kind of feel about the kind of recent discussions around Black women in the workplace? What is professional hair? What isn't professional hair? As a as a hair expert, a hair businesswoman, a hair entrepreneur, what do you feel about those campaigns that are being led by bigger beauty and health and, and hair companies? I struggle to speak on this just because I've never had a corporate job. <laughs> I mm. came straight out of uni. <clears throat> I started working in my family business. Then I started St. Clair's and then I literally transitioned from the family business to St. Clair's. So a lot of the experience that I've heard black women have had have been for me hearsay or not hearsay because that implies okay, that it's not the truth experience. but yeah it's been through it's been secondhand I've never experienced it firsthand and when I do hear certain stories I'm just like, <laughs> like eh? I'm like is, are you serious someone said someone opened their mouth to say like I remember one of my friends said that she came into work with a wash and go and then one of her male white colleagues was like, oh, you look like you've stuck your finger in a socket. <clears throat> and I said, really? I've never heard one that bad. I have to say, considering it's not your lived experience, I've, I've never heard one that, that bad. Wow. <laughs> so he saw fit to say that? He just... <laughs> so, and, and for me, because I've never been in that kind of environment, it's almost uh, it's, it's shocking. Like, it's, it's almost unbelievable. But apparently, you know, it's an it's an ongoing it's an ongoing thing. So I I'm all for such campaigns because even for me, I felt there are times where maybe I have to meet someone or I have to go somewhere where I'm going to be speaking to people whom I've never met before. I have no idea where they're from. They could all be I don't know different ethnicities. And if my hair's like this, for instance, right now I've got jumbo box, box braids. I will have to think to myself, hmm, I'm going into a new environment. They could pot potentially just be, you know, it could just be only white people that I'm speaking to. And for me to come in there with jumbo braids might be a bit too exotic for them. I will have to sit down and consider, 
do I take out my braids, quickly wash my hair and camera it and then put a wig on just before I go meet them? And I don't feel like I should have to feel like that. If mm-hmm. I want to rock up in my jumbo braids, then let me do so as long as I look presentable. Um, so yeah, I'm all for campaigning, natural hair, um, hair that just doesn't look like what the world has deemed as appropriate. I'm all for campaigning. Um, I'm all do, pioneering do that. See, do, difficult question and there's no right or wrong answer, but do you see yourself having a voice in terms of supporting other black women in that in that so like being that you deal with hair and most of us know you through the hair extensions and the wigs and that's the narrative professional hair is slick and stray it's European you know if I know you're not necessarily you know direct client facing hairdresser day to day but when black women are like yeah I need my hair to look like this for work do you feel like you have any import, any responsibility directly to those black women in terms of, I don't know, for want of better phrasing, maybe one of you ladies cover, but you know, loving themselves, feeling more confident in themselves. Everyone makes their choices. We, my hair's been straightened from day dark, so I'm not even, you know, doing up naturally star show up. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, do you feel you have a role in that? Um, Again, it depends on what level I'm speaking with a client. So are you talking about a client scenario? If a client says to me they they need their hair to be like this in a certain way, depending on the kind of relationship or conversation that we're having, I feel like um, I would probe depending on the way in which they voiced it. You know, if they've voiced it in a way and it just seems burdensome or, you know, if I catch something, a whiff of something, then I might probe and say, oh, okay, why, why do you feel like your hair needs to be you know, this way, what's wrong with the current, you know, wig, if you have an Afro kinky wig and you're telling me you want a straight Caucasian wig, why do you feel like you need this, the silky straight one for, you know, to go into work? What's wrong with the, so I might probe in that way and get to the bottom of it. And then I feel like when you do that, then that allows you to see, or allow it, it can, the way in which you ask can allow them to see for themselves is my way of thinking, do I like it? Do I like that I'm having to think this way? Do I have to think in this way? Do I have to, you know, subject myself to these standards? Where did these standards come from? So um, again, because I haven't been in that kind of environment, I've never had a corporate job. It's difficult for me to speak too much on it, but I feel that um, I could definitely speak on it by way of asking questions and also by helping them kind of see for themselves, you know, their own personal views on it. I mean, throughout this whole thread, it definitely shows that, like, you are purpose-driven and and the journey perhaps has shifted from thinking, you know, this is my mum's salon, I work here, to this is, these are some products that I sell, I make money from, right through to, you know, the depth of this rebranding with phenomenal women. So I guess I'm bad for this two-part question, like, how, how has what has the journey been like in terms of business growth and sustainability and what would you like success to look like in the future so business growth as I said St Clair started off as a side hustle um it accidentally grew because I didn't do anything intentional to grow the business (laughs) um and then I think when I had my first daughter I thought that okay, let me leave my nine to five. I'm not going to go back after maternity leave and I can focus on St. Clair's holy. I lied, okay? <laughs> because I left my nine to five, but motherhood is a full-time job and then some. 
So the time I thought that I was going to be able to dedicate to growing my business, I think I've only just about found it maybe last year. So, (laughs) in fact, I remember coming out of the hospital after giving birth and I was literally there with my newborn baby, bleaching frontals, packing orders to take to the post office, carrying my fresh baby in the February winter in the car to go to the post office, to stand in the queue, to send out orders that were even late. It's been so, (laughs) so it's been a journey. And I believe it's by God's grace that I still have St. Clair's because for a hot minute, especially when I became a new mother, I even get scared sometimes when people tell me they purchased from St. Clair's between 2017 to 2018, 19, because I was struggling. I was struggling. Um, And when I finally got my feet on the ground, um, I'd say 2020, when I got a business coach, and once I got that business coach, sorry, 2021, yes, I got my business coach in 2021. And at that point is when I realized I have something here and I want to build it and I want to grow it. And I got addicted to Dragon's Den. I got addicted to Shark Tank and then Self Made. I don't know if you guys watch Self Made when it came out on Netflix, Madam CJ Walker. I saw that. I said, that right there is me. And so, 2022 I was no 2021 yes sorry I was just chasing building an empire I was chasing money I wanted to be the number one in the hair industry when you think about hair you think about St. Clair's like and I was doing everything that I possibly could to try and build this empire that was just generating millions and I spent 2021 chasing money and I did not catch the money that I was chasing at all. Um, And so (laughs) 2022 is when I decided to change the narrative. And instead of chasing money, I decided to chase purpose. So at the beginning of 2022, I remember doing a three-day fast and I said, God, you know what? I spent last year chasing money. I'm not trying to do that this year. I'm not trying to feel my way around in the dark. I need you to just show me, what do you need me to do? And he gave me a dream that had nothing to do with hair. (laughs) It had to do with entrepreneurship and young people. And it didn't make sense to me, but I literally, I ran with it. I ran with it. I wrote some proposal for a mentorship program I was going to do for young people, teaching them entrepreneurship by using their God-given purpose And before I knew it, I spoke to this friend and I sent her the proposal. Then she's like, oh my gosh. Then she's like, let's get our other friend. And then I have a team for this project that was given to me through a dream. And I spent the first half of 2022 on on things that had nothing to do with St. Clair's. Things that had nothing to do with St. Clair's. And I actually developed a program. We launched it. It was six weeks. It was an entrepreneurship program. Um, we taught young people in Tottenham how to build a business using their God-given purpose. They presented business ideas, just kind of like The Apprentice. You know, the last episode of The Apprentice when you deliver your business pitch. Yep, we went to Facebook's headquarters. It was a whole event. These young people presented their business pitches. All of that good stuff. And that was it. August, we're in August now. I haven't touched anything to do with St. Clair's, really, because I've been focusing on this. And that was when my business took a turn. When I stopped chasing money and I started chasing purpose, 
the results of it began to manifest. So I'm I'm happy to be to be open with numbers. So 2020, 2022, January to August, I was doing about 5K, <clears throat> 5K in turnover a month. In August, when I completed um, what I call my purpose project, what God showed me to do, that made no sense whatsoever. When I completed that project in August, September came and I had another dream and God basically said, get a team, stop doing things all by yourself. You want to build an empire, but you're working on your wants. He said, even I've got a team, Dami. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, go and get a team. That September, I got a team and I did 10K in turnover. I said, okay, interesting. This is good. October came, 20K in turnover. I said, wow. (laughs) What's really good? What's really going on here? Is this what happens when you chase purpose? October came. And somebody who I'd reached out to to do the Young Entrepreneurship Programme with me hits me up and says, I want to give you 5K to put in your ad spend. No strings attached. Don't pay me back. I've been watching you from afar, seeing what you've been doing. I admire it. I think this 5K is really going to help you. So November, 33K. Somebody who was doing 5K then I ignored my business, put it on the back burner to focus on purpose. And I'm now doing 33. And so since then, on average now, I'm doing about 2025. And I'm just, I know none of it's, I know, I say none of it's me, but some of it's me. Obedience. I was obedient. I was obedient to what I felt God was showing me. I was obedient to focusing on purpose and not chasing money. And I think that's, 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 that's the key. So many people sometimes just focus on money i want to start a business because i need an extra an extra stream of income i want to start a business because this nine to five life is long right sometimes you can generate money in that way but i honestly believe and i experienced it firsthand the best way for you to generate money is when you don't seek the money you seek for the value that you can deliver you seek for purpose you seek for serving other people from a genuine place and then the money literally starts chasing you and I've lived that. So I'm so sorry because I don't even feel like this is in complete alignment with the question that you asked me. But <laughs> what I desire for my brand is for my message to be to be spread worldwide. Like I, I want St. Clair's to be a household name, of course. And I want it to be a brand, as I said, that focuses on more than just the superficial. It's one thing to look good, but if you look good, but you are not good, what's the point in looking good, please? Mm. So um, <clears throat> I plan to um, to take over, basically. Well take done. <laughs> what I love about that is, like, people will take it as wishy-washy phrases, but I truly believe in the phrase, trust the process. And 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 trust and trust yourself. I say that a lot. It's one of my mantras. But I think you know we don't know the ins and the outs of your story and your journey. But for some, that extra income when we're hearing oh five k a month, yes, that's my extra income. But look at the power and the multiplication that has happened when you stopped focusing on money. And even when it felt like hold on a minute, I'm I'm not doing business, I'm not packaging, I'm not selling hair, I'm now doing programs for young people, or I'm taking a step back. I think people sometimes get anxious in stopping or pausing. Um, but 
you know, like you said, and I think thank you for being so open and honest, especially in sharing the numbers so people can see that it can take time because you're sharing these numbers in 2023. You started how many years ago? How many, many, many years ago for for that to become, you know, for that figure to be in Mm. fruition? So people need to, I, I think I'm taking the message here, trust the process, purpose is key. Mm. purpose literally changes everything purpose is like a compass purpose gives you fire purpose gives you direction purpose motivation is not going to cut it motivation works for a little bit but when you're tired where where's motivation what is motivation please when I'm tired and I haven't slept because my child has chicken pox and is crying through the night <laughs> where, where, where where's motivation at that point but when you know that you're doing something for more than just you and it's for more than just money because let's be real there's millionaires out here that take their lives the money <clears throat> money is nice and it solves some problems but when you don't have a sense of fulfillment it's not the same that's what really drives people yeah absolutely no I agree and I think we don't really talk about purpose or visions that we have for ourselves as much because the whole purpose around us working is to survive rather than think taking a step back and thinking that it's more about yourself but when we speak to a lot of entrepreneurs it's always that that additional passion for the project for their message for how they want to make people feel that is always like the underlying reason for doing it because it's not it's not an easy task to work for yourself. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do, to talk to more founders because it is a big risk just to step out and say, I'm going to work for myself. And the fact that you've never worked corporately is, is actually a blessing because you've only ever been able to work for yourself and to shape your own career and your own worked experience around your desires. And, and as you've grown and as you've changed, that has changed with you and that will continue and it gives you you've kind of got that autonomy to go in the direction that you want to go in so it's really inspiring to to hear about God speaking to you you making a decision to do something that on the face of it seems like it's nothing to do with hair but it, it falls right into your purpose and God's overall purpose for your life and um one thing that we always do is we always ask the previous founder that we spoke to for a question to ask the next founder that we're going to spoke to. So the person that we spoke to before you asked, when was the last time you thought about giving up or giving in and how did you get over it? (laughs) I thought about giving up in 2021 when I was chasing money and I wasn't catching the money. (laughs) Um, And I felt like giving up because I tell you, I, I paid grants. Like I bought courses that promise that you know you'd start generating x amount I became a fiend and when I did all of that stuff spent all of that money blew through my bbl and I still didn't see the fruits of it I said to myself what's the point what like literally what is the point and at that point I just started considering okay what would it look like if I was to you know apply for a job and and etc but there's just something inside of me that knows it would it would be against the grain for me it's like I I have this mentality where I just I can't give up I can't I can't I just can't like you know you see the you see the memes or not even memes but you see like these kind of illustrations where someone's digging through a wall and 
they've been digging for ages and then they give up just at the point when they were about to break through like my heart can't take the the idea of me being at that stage and then just kind of giving in so yeah that 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 is um that's one thing that has stopped me from from giving in um yeah and what question do you want us to ask the next founder that we speak to Ooh, the next founder I would want to ask them because hmm. <laughs> I want to make it juicy oh I don't want to just do generic it comes to your mind it doesn't have to be too okay good. I would I would like to ask them at what point did they realize that their business was more than just about making money? Because that's when everything changes. See, that is a that is a juicy question. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope I hope they have an answer. I, really <laughs> I, I want it. I, I'm even intrigued to hear. So I'm going to be watching out for when the next founder is on to see how they how they answer that love to hear that you stay you stay on the mission listening to the bww podcast um it has been a pleasure having you on with us um and one of the beautiful things about founders edition is not only do people who necessarily love your product already um i think people love it more when they get to know the person behind the brand um and I, I can't I can't even articulate like the passion that beams from within you and the honesty and the integrity um just makes me so much more inclined to go and for, dig deep in my pockets mm-hmm. to find one more good week <laughs> <laughs> but um, for those who have not experienced St Clair's hair would you like to share where they can find you your your socials etc oh yes of course so you can find me predominantly on Instagram which is at stclaireshair.com, S-T-C-L-A-I-R-E-S, hair. That's Instagram, sorry. It's at St. Clair's Hair on Instagram and it's stclaireshair.com. Um, feel free to catch a copy of my book. I give it away for free. It's called Hair Growth, Self Growth. So I found a way to combine the two. Um, yeah, uh, check out our products. I have wig drops once a month. That's where I feature a a wig that basically the followers decide that they want. You guys design the wig and I make it available for one day only at a very special price. Um, again, if you're wearing wigs or if you don't wear wigs, you wear your natural hair, then check out our hair products. They're amazing for growth and moisture. And yeah, just if you want to be a part of the phenomenal community, then just follow me. I have a lot to say, um, hair related, self-growth related. You will be edified. Yes, <laughs> I received my newsletter just today because me myself, I put myself in those competitions to win, win, win. Oh yeah, I give away free wigs as well. So usually once a month or every other month, I give away a free wig to one lucky person. So yeah, lovely. So um, we are sadly coming to the end of yet another founders edition. Um, I'm so glad that we've introduced this segment for the sort of rebranding of BWW working on me in 2023. I hope that our other entrepreneurial listeners 
have learned a lesson or two from today's episode you can tell us what you've learned what you think who you'd like to see on the pod by staying connecting with, with us on the socials that's at bww podcast uk keep this conversation going with the same hashtag um and as i said earlier you are always welcome to email us on blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com so until next time ciao ladies bye bye bye